Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Alyssa. So much breaking news this week, So much breaking news. Crazy. (laughs) I woke up to a text message from my good friend Shane, who's in a bachelor um, bracket with me, that ABC cast their first black bachelor. That's awesome. Matt James, everybody. Very fucking excited for so many reasons. Um, Um, He's Tyler C's BFF. It seems like they met uh, in college together. He's extremely hot. I've already looked at every single picture on his Instagram. (laughs) Yes. Um, he was supposed to be on Claire's season, right? He's 28 years mm-hmm. old. Um, and then just a bunch of sequence of events, including Rachel Lindsay saying that she was going to disassociate herself from the franchise if they didn't listen to her, you know, suggestions and demands about how to make the franchise more diverse. Um, I guess I guess that did the trick. I guess, I guess it all it takes worked. is years of people calling for diversity and then your only black star threatening to leave and never speak with you guys again. <laughs> I guess that's it. Simple. It feels uh it feels very quintessential quintessential bachelor too that I feel like all eyes were really on Mike Johnson from Hannah Brown season who right. was also like a fan favorite before Peter was cast for his most the most recent season of The Bachelor. And I think it's cool and exciting to be like very surprised by this casting of somebody who, while he was in the world because he was filming right now, we haven't seen him on the show. Um, And he seems so cool and excited and cute. Uh, His like little interviews about it so far are so charming. I'm so pumped. You got to imagine they are really scrambling over there, whoever is producing these shows, because with COVID pausing and canceling, borderline canceling Claire's season, Bachelor in Paradise is not happening this year and then they're scrambling to make the bachelor and also get someone we love which they finally did i'm like Ooh, you guys are really working around the clock over there. <laughs> yeah it seems like it um i think it's interesting because uh before when channing dungy was president of abc i remember and she is a black woman she announced that she was going to make a bigger push to infuse diversity into the dating pool in the bachelor Um, because that's where they get their contestants from. And Rachel, very interestingly, pointed out more recently, that was like a few years ago, it's really difficult to ask someone who's already going through a challenging process of openly dating and rejecting people on TV to, in good faith, be open to dating someone of another race, possibly for the first time in front of America. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, when Channing announced that, I remember being like, good for Channing. This is awesome. This is like a great idea. But there's actually still just interpersonal barriers from that system really yielding the results that, you know, I'm sure some people at ABC wanted it to yield. And so Mm -hmm. Rachel just straight up being like, you guys have to do this. You have to make this choice. We have to like throw the rules out or whatever. That's just an excuse at this point. Um, I think that was awesome. And it's very powerful. And I know that the creator of The Bachelor, what's his name, Mike Fleiss or something? Yeah. He previously, he's not a good guy. And he previously said some shady shit about how like Rachel's season ratings were like lower than other season ratings, which is racist. So... I'm really glad that they decided to value her over the creator of the show. I think that's great. Um, yeah. I wish it didn't take this many years of people asking for this, um, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. For sure. And Mike Johnson had even said something that was like when people were rooting for him to be The Bachelor over a year ago, where he was like, listen, I've I've heard the argument of like, oh, but it would like dip ratings. And he's like, but it would we would have potentially fewer ratings for what one season. And then like, I guarantee the next seasons would have the highest ratings ever. Cause you're also then targeting a younger and cooler and better audience who care. And there are people who have given up on the bachelor because they're so fucking fed up with all of these like patterns yeah. and this bullshit that we see. So I think it's going to be really exciting to see. I think a lot of fucking people are going to tune in. I'm really pumped. And then I, I like this new, this this new bachelor is going to be cool. Like I yeah. like the future seasons I'm I'm pumped. Also just think about all the duds that were like <laughs> 
in the pool for possible bachelor. I mean, just think about like Hannah Brown's like shitty guys she had outside of like Tyler and all that. It's like, I don't want to hear that ratings will dip. Like we've had shitty bachelors and bachelorettes before. It has nothing to do with what race they are. That's just a cop out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, um, we did a little emergency pod about the whole Vanderpump firing situation. So if you guys want to hear our takes on that, go back and listen to it if you haven't yet. I just wanted to say that we both listened to Faith on a podcast called Vanderpump Party. Give her like personal account of how everything unfolded. It's really interesting. Um, also, she just had a baby in February, and she did the interview with the baby on her lap. It was very I sweet. Oh, you could hear the little baby every once in a while. It was like, oh, my God. So cute. Um, and I just wanted to say, like, I think everyone should go listen to that, especially if you're wrapped up in the drama. Like, it's kind of unfair not to listen to her own take on the whole situation. Mm-hmm. And it sucks that we got robbed of getting to know her on Vanderpump Rules because she seems really interesting. And it's a bummer. I know. And she had, like, such a good attitude about so many things. Like, she describes when the shooting was happening for season six that there was a day that she, like, wanted to go on set and was like, I'll do – like, I if I am part of the conversation, like, I want to go be – on set and be like working with everybody and ended up not doing it because of all of the bullshit that Bravo was putting her through by not paying her. And I won't rehash the whole story, but I was like, this girl is like, she was willing to be a part of this conversation. She was so willing to do it. And it's so frustrating that she was shut out in this really, really fucked up way. Um, so it was, it was really telling to just get to go like, listen to her perspective about it. Um, and she seems like so mature and very fun and cool. And yeah, it's, it's makes no sense that she wasn't allowed to stand up for herself and be a part of the show in like a safe, normal, healthy way. Um, so yeah, yeah, I would go give that a listen, you guys. I think also that podcast I listened to, uh, another episode where they, I mean, this is gossip that I heard on the podcast, so I can't confirm it, but they basically said that production fully hides how racist everybody is. And it's like a known thing on their set and their co-EPs and their EPs have been like complained to many times by people who work on the show and there's been nothing done. And that's why I said like the executive producers of the show are as much to blame as the people saying these things. It's like a system that they've set up to protect them. And if you've ever worked on a show before, you know that they there's a, there's checks and balances. And if this is getting as far as it's gone, the checks and balances are failing pretty apparently. And is that more in terms of like the cast members or the crew or both? Both is what they Ugh. said. Um, what like the unconfirmed, fuck? obviously, but it sounds like someone who's, you know, works closely with the show basically was reporting that and saying like Jack's Brittany and Stasi are openly racist and homophobic, and people have tried to bring it to the attention of co-EPs and EPs, co-executive producers and executive producers, and uh, they're just, like, looking the other way, essentially, which is I so stupid. Just... But the problem with that is then they go out in the real world and they act that way, and then you're you're also culpable in that situation. I am, like, just banging my head against my desk I don't understand because the other part of this too is like I've already complained in circles about like the the being a celebrity on this show is a pretty fucking easy job all you have to do is just basically nothing and hang out with your friends and if you're casting people who think so backwards like this and then you're casting multiple people like that and making them all feed into one another, that's, like, so insane to me. It's so wrong. I, I don't understand how you could just make the conscious choice to cast multiple racists together yeah. Yeah. and give them money to sit there and be racist. That makes – I'm – Uh, Like, I want to see people be vicious bitches to each other. (laughs) But if someone steps out of line and goes too far, then that needs to be a conversation about how that's not acceptable. And people want to keep their jobs, so they will respond to that. You know what I mean? Like, there's a difference between, like, trying to go for the jugular in a fight with somebody and saying something that was unintentionally hurtful and feeling like you have a free reign to, like, 
call yourself a Nazi chic person and shit on Black Lives Matter. Like, there's very clearly, those are different behaviors, you know? It is. And there's also, I was, like, arguing with Tony about this this past week, which was just like, listen, we've, there are several, several wonderful examples of reality TV fights and drama and great moments that are people screaming at each other and people getting insulting and people getting down and dirty where you just don't, get anywhere near any of these like very real and very sensitive and like issues that yeah. don't you can you could be a bitch on a show you could be a dick on a show and not be a fucking bigot I just don't understand uh, but so let's get, get rid of them dude let's just start start fresh yeah just start just just clean house honestly i think at this point um we watched watch what happens live uh two separate episodes with portia and then one with candy and Mm -hmm. um portia first of all we love portia she's the best she's like such a light personality and like brings so much joy and and humor into every situation and even after she got tear gassed live on uh, Instagram while she was like out protesting and dancing with her with I think her friends and family in Atlanta, and mm-hmm. it was like a horrific video to watch. I watched the whole thing; it was shocking. They literally were they were in the middle of dancing in the streets. They yeah. weren't doing anything. It wasn't after curfew, like you know. Again, not shocking, but it's, it's kind of shocking to see it happen to a celebrity also on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she comes on Watch It Happens Live, and she's like so well spoken. She's so energetic and she's so positive telling people to get out there and then she had a very funny like metaphor (laughs) for how to get people involved in Black Lives Matter do you want to talk about that yes um, I really loved it so much because I have just recently found out what uh rooms to go even is I was like complaining about how like all of the things in my bathroom don't really look like they go together and Carol who has been on the podcast our dear friend was like honestly this looks like something from rooms to go and I was like (laughs) what is rooms to go and she was like it's a furniture store where you can you could buy an entire room and it like in a lot of ways is very convenient but then in a lot of ways just like inherently becomes tacky because people are like oh is this from rooms to go and I was like that's a crazy business idea I think that's so nuts I can't believe I haven't heard of it before and then so Portia's on the show and she's like listen I used to sell furniture and it was so cute and Andy was like what you used to sell furniture she was like yeah and I was good at it and I worked at rooms to go and what I would do is help the customer envision being in that room and I'd be like look at you you're sitting on the couch you're watching tv this is your son over here doing his homework on this table this is your daughter in the windowsill reading a book envision yourself in this room and they would buy this room because you just see it and you see it in your future and you get why it would work and how it happens and that's what white people need to do in terms of being an ally envision yourself in the movement where are you what are you doing how are you helping and I was like I was just sitting in the tv watching they're smiling and I mean you really hit the nail on the head with like so much of her energy is so contagious and it's so it's so easy to listen to her and be moved by her and 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 I love everything that she's doing both on Bravo and off Bravo and personally online and Instagram and everything because I think it she's just one of the easiest people for me to really like take note from yeah and I loved that metaphor like how do you envision yourself in the movement how do you see yourself in this rooms to go like how do you just picture it and make it happen yeah I thought it that was, was great she's an excellent voice to have as part as part of like this representation of this moment on Bravo I think that's awesome mm-hmm. and then Candy um also did a watch what happens live um episode and she talked about how her son ace who's four who we've seen who we've seen on real Housewives of atlanta he dressed up for a policeman during career day and then when this all started happening um todd her husband had to explain to him that like the police are the bad guy and it was really really sad and candy got emotional and i think it's i think it's great that she was able to have that moment in front of Andy, who also has a young son, and she mm-hmm. basically just directly said to him, like, this is not something that you ever have to talk about with your son, Andy. Yeah. Um, so good for Bravo for airing that and giving her that moment. I think that was really special. I know. It's it's like incredibly powerful. They talked, too, on the, on the Portia episode about – 
you could make it an effort with your kids to be reading all of these books that are like about diversity, but then you have to go and make an additional effort to find the books and find the materials for kids that explain racism and yeah. explain the horrible things that can and will likely happen to them. And that being a, a like mission of yours as a parent when your kids are so young, like breaks my heart. I think that's so, ugh, it's so sad. It, yeah. it's, it is important to hear them come on this show and just like be very candid about it with with little Andy Cohen yeah it's, it's good um, um speaking of the housewives are on a hiatus yes until what July 8th July 8th. I guess they're trying to stretch the content out I don't know it sucks well <laughs> yeah I don't know I I was confused because I didn't realize that the seasons we were watching I guess were were halted by COVID. I thought that like it seems like when I'm watching New York, it's this the scenes we're seeing seem like months ago. But I guess maybe I'm just like doing some math wrong. Um, but yeah, they uploaded. They uploaded. They aired the uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills was just a Real Housewives episode with Dorit and Garcelle just like watching it. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, who pitched this idea? Or was someone else? Supposed, like, I just thought it was so bizarre. Yeah. Um, I only watched a little bit of it, but yeah, they're tr- they're also scrambling trying to figure out what to do in terms of like production for those shows. Oh, I think um, one of the things they said too was like because post production is working remotely, they don't have the tools they normally have to turn things around in the same time which makes total sense everyone's working instead of in an edit bay they're working at home so Mm. I think uh yeah it's tough it's tough times for everybody I'm really glad they decided to push Potomac into later in the summer that seems really smart so that rather than burning off all three franchises at the same time we have something to look forward to that's great yeah Um, Tinsley's also gone she's left for Chicago and she's gonna live happily Mm -hmm. ever after with Scott apparently (laughs) that's the plan (laughs) with our big rock that is the plan it's uh it feels very unceremonious but it also is like I mean this is not this is mean to say but she's not an iconic housewife am I wrong would you make the case that she is I like her I like things about her and I think she has like a really interesting backstory um there is some there's some darkness in her past that like I don't want to traumatize anybody but she's been through some domestic violence stuff and um I think she it's interesting that she that that's never really come up on the show and she presents like only this bubbly like socialite version of herself um Mm. I don't know I think she gave us some good stuff but it was just like she didn't mesh with the other girls it seems like yeah maybe a little bit of my like the taste that's been left in my mouth about it is also just a result of her being sort of bullied into not being a part of the gang and Mm -hmm. like not being an integral part of the cast like it feels it is a bummer that her last episode is very much the other women being like don't even talk to her yeah don't even look at her at this dinner table we are over her engagement or her happy news I was like oh well this is like that's just mean I'd yeah, like fight with her about it or something. I'll <laughs> Don't never, ignore her. I'll never forget her cl- crying in a clown costume at the Big Apple yeah. Circus, saying, "I'm literally fucking miserable." Like yeah. stuff like that. I was like, okay, I like Tinsley. I like her. This is I. I get it. I feel that yeah. sometimes. You know, she came to play. She did come to play. Yeah, I just think um, they didn't just, accept her. You know. Yeah, I yeah, a hundred percent, especially Duranda. Yeah, but. I mean, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm looking forward to these shows sort of coming back eventually, but it also feels appropriate right now because we haven't been paying attention to them as much. Yeah, for sure. Just being like, hey, there's a brief hiatus. I'm like, great. We've got plenty of other (laughs) things to talk about. Let's like fucking move on. Yeah. Um, Ooh, speaking of, you watched uh, the 90 Day Fiance Before the 90 Day Tell All. Yes, this is my first like 90 Day reunion. First. What a and wild what did you format. Think? It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy that they're like all weighing in on each other's situations. I was saying to you like, what is what is the logic to having Lisa weigh in on how other women are behaving when she was just a fucking asshole to Usman the entire season? I know. I think it's a little mix of producers knowing that that's what we want to hear. Like, I think they just keep their eye on the internet and like pay attention to what fans love, and everybody just like is eating 
up what Lisa says, good or bad. And so they, they make a point of being like, Lisa, what do you think about Stephanie's breakup? Or what do you think about Tom? Because <laughs> they just want to, they're just like handing her the mic. Um, I think they did a little, little bit more this uh, tell all because of the webcam situation when they're all on the couches together mm-hmm. in their previous format. I think it was a little bit more chaotic of people like kind of jumping in and getting on top of each other. But it is always, it's my favorite reunion of the reality TV shows I watch because it is so funny to watch uh, some of the people like claim, like be so critical of and, and contradictory to their behavior. Like, like, David and Ed uh, Ed arguing about (laughs) what is the definition of being scammed and who is like the sexist piece of shit is so funny to me. And maybe it shouldn't be because it's awful because neither of them are getting better for it. But to watch someone who is being scammed point to another person and be like, you're being an idiot is just beyond me and yeah to have everybody just comes with such sage advice for the other couples and they have no idea what they're doing and they nobody can they can dish it but they can't take it it's so Um, fucking funny it's funny to watch ed just like hysterically laugh at david and get under his skin where when i'm just like did you watch yourself this season dude yeah like what do you what what leg do you have to stand on at this point you're a fucking train wreck yeah it's insane and he the only thing that he apologized for in terms of his behavior was the the shaving of the legs issue yeah when and everybody was on the same page and i how astonishing was it when he was like listen uh women in southern california they all get laser yeah none of them have hair and it's like bitch what woman in southern (laughs) california have you touched in a fucking decade ed don't tell anyone what the standard is or what it's the trend you don't fucking know you uh i was that I also have to say any guy who knows about lasering and brings it up is always a red flag. Like I've heard (laughs) from so many women, like people literally will ask you on dating apps, do you wax or do you laser? And they're like, ew, if you only wax. And I'm like, wow, never talk to any man who knows anything about lasering. (laughs) Ew, that's such a good point. The one time I brought up laser to Tony because I wanted to do it, I was like, I'm I'm thinking about like laser hair removal. The face he made was like, I think he was like imagining like a Star Wars gun like being blasted at me. Like (laughs) I can't tell you how unfamiliar he was with the idea of laser hair removal. So to be an expert on it, yeah, is gross if you're that deep into the hair removal of women there's a problem there's some misogyny happening for sure and i loved you know speaking of rose was like standing up for herself and i think part of that was her saying i need a translator here which i loved she was like i need a translator i am not as good at english as Mm -hmm. as ed is and i'm going to get emotional so i want somebody here and when she would get worked up she would speak her language and it was so i loved that because it it's very difficult when I imagine if you have also a language barrier while you're fucking fighting with somebody who also is a piece of shit like Ed. Um, and it also was exciting. Said, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go. I was just going to say that he said that um, he would like give up his relationship with his 26 year old daughter. And then when he said that, he kind of made this like, oops, I shouldn't have said that, like laugh, smile on his face. And he goes like, I'm not a perfect guy. Like I make mistakes. It's terrible. It's awful. And literally every piece of shit man that I've ever dated (laughs) has some version of that monologue where it's like, I'm not perfect. What do you want from me? It's like, I want you to be better. <laughs> like, yeah, it's pretty clear. Yeah, I'd like to not do these horrible things, you monster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... and you could see how evil he is too and she is like listing off all of these ways that he made her feel small or horrible or embarrassed and was like, there was one time where I was complaining about money and you told me to get naked on the phone and then I would, you would send me money and instead he starts laughing at her. Yeah. That was his, like, his defense was, oh, that's so hard to believe and like dude what a fucking monster yeah Ew, you're ugh, bleh, bleh. Um, I'm so excited that this was your first tell all because it was uh, it was very juicy and it was all over and it should be noted that Jeffrey and Varya were not a part of the tell all because Jeffrey was not asked to come and be on it because 
he supposedly misrepresented his criminal past to TLC, and he has oh, no. uh, domestic abuse charges against him Oof. that he did not tell the network. And this is supposed. This is just like me reading all these like weird articles about it. Um, so once they found that out, they were like, "No, you can't." on the show anymore and Varia was invited to come and represent both of them but she said she didn't want to she wanted to like stand in solidarity Jeffrey made with Jeffrey yeah because they're engaged and they Jeffrey made the most awful statement about it on a like friends podcast that basically said something to the effect of like this me too movement or whatever is a shame so (laughs) fuck jeffrey um pretty easy to say because he also sucks but uh i am like good on tlc for not having them back because it's uh it's the trashiest show ever and so for them to still have standards about like who's gonna be on this webcam tell all i think is you know okay it's still a matter of like hey, you guys should have done a better job of researching this, but it seems like it might have been him not being forthcoming about it. Who knows? So that's the that's the tea about them not being on the tell-all. <laughs> and then the other juicy part that we need to get into is this Lisa and Usman uh, adding a wife to their marriage <laughs> in order to have kids, which Lisa says, Lisa who... Cannot deal with other women's, as she says, sending her man emojis on Facebook or or Instagram is okay with him adding another wife in order to have a baby, but also insists that it's not another wife. It's also <laughs> America, she's also like, well, as long as he can provide, a, you know, pay for all these things for me, then I'm fine with it. And I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> like. <laughs> Uh, there's just so many a you're basically insinuating that like he'll never have enough money to pay for two wives sort of thing and be <laughs> yeah. like don't you already have all those things like don't you pay for them yourselves like yourself like why are you bringing this weird financial piece of it into the relationship where your husband can go like impregnate someone else and it got so specific she was like he would have to pay for my for my house for my car payments for my insurance for my food yeah she was like listening off i was like this is you guys have like made a list haven't you this is crazy and it was just such a weird like uh just like uh what a 180 from her entire policy about him interacting with pretty much anyone like the majority of the tell-all was her screaming at him for messaging someone in on facebook and then at the very end she was like but i could i he could have another wife <laughs> like, wait, what? and she didn't even want him to have a model play like his love interest in his music video of yeah. the song about her it's just like wild <laughs> i don't understand lisa at all i'm very confused also she I was know. like i'm never gonna move to or no he said i'm not moving to america and then she was like i would consider moving to nigeria i don't know i <gasps> I'm very confused. (laughs) Do you also remember, this is just coming to my brain, when they're all kind of like coming for each other and attacking each other and everybody is really anti-Ed as they should be. And then Ed started screaming at Lisa about how she was bragging about having unprotected sex. Yeah. And she was like, but at least I didn't demand an STD test (laughs) on TV and embarrass him and rip him. Like, we did it right. We both got tested. And I was like, ew, this is so gross. But she's right. (laughs) She's she's better than you ed like oh just this show i was reminded is truly of that like, whole condom thing it's Ugh. like the blind leading the blind <laughs> like it really, it really is. is i just and wanted to shine the moderator good she's so great and she's so gorgeous and she asks yeah. the right questions and she's the right amount of appalled i love her um i, I just I wanted to so say great. that the thing that stuck with me the most of the entire two episodes is that david doesn't drink water and he stocked <laughs> up on enough juice that, that will last him for like 10 years or something i i don't I... understand <laughs> And he's the way he says stuff is so like, and you know, I've, I just like, I don't drink water. So I got a decade supply of cranberry juice. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's talk about both of those things real quick. What the fuck do you mean you don't drink water? That's insane. (laughs) Also, and Sean brought this up. She was like, so how did you date before the internet, before you discovered these websites? And he walked through a step-by-step 
like retelling of his experience with mail order brides. Yeah. And I didn't realize how literal this the word, the phrase mail order bride came from. He would get catalogs yeah. in the mail, flip through, send him like something back in the mail that was like, I wanna talk to Lana. And then they would connect you. Oh, it's it, it insane. And that's why he has taken what twenty trips to the Ukraine since the nineties? Because then after picking someone from his catalog, you would go meet them in Kiev. It's crazy. That's it's bananas. And also you think like we see these guys and they like they're like I've been in a relationship with this one woman named Lana for seven years and you're like wow this is like this is so sad and crazy and dark but then you realize no you've been dating and trying to do this for like twenty years this yeah. is not an accident like you were not trapped like this is what you wanted to do yeah he I said could, he's ugh. talked to like a thousand women on that website which is yes. I don't even think I've ever talked to a thousand men I was interested in in my life of dating. <laughs> That's so many women. Wow. A thousand. And he had talked to Caesar's girlfriend from last season, but said she was too high maintenance for his taste. Yeah. And I was like, I do not want to fucking know what that means. <laughs> uh, speaking of high maintenance. <laughs> And uh, Lisa uh, entering what seems to be a plural marriage. Uh, should we talk about today's interview? Yeah, let's do it. I uh, had so a lot of have... confusing questions about this show, so I'm excited for you guys to hear <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, so for today's interview, we have a really good friend and a fan of the pod, uh, Teague Dooley Panko, and she is coming on to talk about a show that I've been just chomping at the bit to discuss, and it is TLC's Sister Wives. Uh, and it, this, like we always do, this was a, a warning that we recorded this a long time ago and we're just like sticking to the show and talking about the show and trying to describe to Alyssa what is appealing about it for us, <laughs> <laughs> which are some of my favorite interviews is when you're like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> I feel like one of the last ones was 90 day fiance. Yeah. <laughs> you being like, I just don't understand. Yeah. In this interview, we talk a lot about how this is a long-running show, and Teague and I are big fans of it, uh, but it's not necessarily in the news a lot. But in the past week, there have been a couple of headlines regarding Mary and her relationship with Cody. She's Cody's first wife, um, and there seem to be rumors that they might actually be getting a divorce or going through a separation if that is the best thing for her, then we are all here for it. I am certainly going to be paying attention and trying to keep in touch with what's going on. But it's just important to note because we weren't aware of this during our interview. Um, yeah. So please enjoy the interview. And here's a brief clip of Mary's talking about why her mother actually chose polygamy and how it was introduced to her family in the first place. My mom first was introduced to the idea of plural marriage when I was just a baby. It was finally when I was about five or six that my parents really embraced the idea of plural marriage and actually took another wife into their family. And it was something that my mom wanted. She had a desire for. She wanted nothing more than to have a sister-wife relationship. Today's guest, I'm so excited. I'm like jumping out of my skin. Today's guest is the epitome of multi-talented. She is a host. You can find her often on AfterBuzz TV. I've even had the pleasure of being interviewed by her on the red carpet. Mm -hmm. She's also a hilarious stand-up comedian and comedy writer, and I've had the pleasure of seeing her live, and she's made my sides hurt from laughing. <laughs> she's also a gorgeous and charming actor and a beyond talented dancer. And because all of this is not enough, I also have to mention that she's a former Laker girl. Are you fucking kidding me, Teague Dooley Panko? I am out of breath, and I literally left things out of this intro. Oh, my God. You're so nice, first of all. That's so sweet. Like I was saying, it pretty much all leads to like me being fully unemployed. Um, <laughs> but you are the cool one. I, I told you the other day via email, but I wanted to mention just one more time how incredible you were on Dave. Like, are you truly Aww, kidding? Thank you. So good. That's oh sweet. my God, what a star. I'm it so was excited so to see fun having you, you on the red carpet of our premiere. Oh yeah. I had I literally made sure I was there. I was like, hey, look, I know you want to send somebody oh. else. 
but you gotta send me because I gotta go support. I was so excited. It was so great because she she was like right at the end of like the the red carpet. So it was like so cool seeing her at the finish line, and it was like seeing my mom. I was like, yay, <laughs> home! I'm which I did. There. I was actually standing by your parents, which you was were. also very cool to see because they were so incredibly proud of you, and it was just so yeah. sweet to see them like watching you on the carpet doing your thing. It was adorable. So Aww. I'm glad I was there. That's so nice. That's cute. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We have so much to talk about. Uh, For one, we do want to get into a show I've been dying to talk about because I think it's like low-key, really bizarrely feminist, and that is TLC's Sister Wives. But (laughs) before we get into that and like start (laughs) excavating that whole scenario, um, I want you to tell us about your experience as a Laker girl and you auditioned for a really fucking cool cheerleading reality show that you have to tell us about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. So right after college, I did that thing where, you know, you don't know what you want to do. And I tried out for Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders. And they have that reality show. So um, I was kind of on that. But I was not, I wasn't like a featured person. I was mostly in like the crying montages. It was like, I, <laughs> like whenever they were like, it's getting stressful. There'd be like a pan to me like crying in the corner. Um, and it was, uh, but overall, like the experience was very fun. It was really cool. I met a lot of girls who either ultimately did make the team or ultimately ended up on other teams. Like there were a lot of girls that went to Warriors after that. And then like, yeah, I I got cut right before they do, um, the training camp, which obviously I was incredibly devastated by at the time, but luckily it worked out because then I was able to move to LA and try out for Lakers. But if I would have had to go through, so you go through this like six weeks, I think you have to like live in Dallas. You get like a I guess you sublease from somebody and then you could ultimately be cut like the last day before, like you could be there for six weeks training with the team and you could get cut right before they announce the team. And then you're like Oof. screwed because you don't get to try out for other teams. So. Cause are all of the teams tryouts, I guess this makes sense in terms of like the season timing. They're all around the yeah. same time. So there's like a season of tryouts for sure. Yeah. NFL is always before NBA so if you don't make NFL, you can try out for NBA usually is how it goes. But um, yeah, luckily, wow. I, it lucked out timing-wise. But I was obviously incredibly devastated at the time because that's what I thought I wanted to do. But it all worked out because I ended up in L.A. and I Lakers was like the best experience of my life. So. Hell yeah! Yeah! Yeah, <laughs> I will. It all worked out. to have Laker content on this fucking podcast. I'm such a huge <laughs> Laker fan and we've had so many like really nice people from Boston on the podcast and I've had Ew. to be like nice to their face and now I'm just like, <laughs> fuck yeah, Lake show! Like, <laughs> you literally handed Kobe Bryant his jersey when he retired right I did yeah that's yeah insane. it was crazy moment. that's yeah. incredible I know also something that I want to share that I've said to Taylor before and I'm not sure if it's still the same way so a long time ago I had a very sad Laker girl audition <laughs> when I was 18 my mom literally like dropped me off in yes. El Segundo and I like made it through the first version where you do like a combination across the floor which is sort of just like a skills test yeah and then you do like some choreography and I couldn't fucking there was just like too many people to see the choreography and I just couldn't do it and I got overwhelmed and I also looked like a child and like didn't belong there um, it's stressful but I have always said to Taylor, and I personally, like, hate the Clippers more than anything. No, I hate the Celtics (laughs) more, but I hate the Clippers almost equally, that the Clippers auditions used to be the weekend after the Laker girl auditions. So by definition, the Clipper girls are just reject Laker girls. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it depends, because those those, uh, auditions, like, last sometimes weeks long. Yeah. But I feel like, didn't they change? I do think in recent years, Clippers was actually before Lakers now. I don't know. Oh, all right. See, they're trying to snake all. They're trying to buy the fucking forum. I guess yeah. they accomplished that. <laughs> and they're trying to steal our Laker girl talent. It's, I don't know. I'm, I'm very much yeah. into this LA rivalry. It's I like so going crazy. to Clippers games and taking videos of the Clippers dancers, and I send them to Alyssa just to make them laugh. <laughs> I'm just it's, like, not as good. <laughs> it's so funny. We did All-Stars with them two years ago, and it was really fun, actually, because when All-Stars was in uh, L.A., the Clippers and the Laker girls did a bunch of stuff together. 
So it was actually really cute. We got to know a bunch of them and they were really cool. But a lot of girls like flip-flop, they'll go, they'll either do Clippers first and then Lakers. Actually, I don't know if anybody's done Lakers Clippers, but. <laughs> but. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> because they have happen. standards. Because they have <laughs> standards. No, I don't know. I, I do think historically, like the Laker girls were the first version of this in the NBA. And then everyone else was like, ooh, hot women can be at basketball games. Great. Let's hire them. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. They were at the first, I think. Yeah, and then the other the other part of the story that I will never forget, like the news was there asking people like how did you prepare for this audition and like everyone's in their underwear and it's like a thousand women in a tiny gym and whatever. <laughs> and then as like a thank you for coming out to audition, they had like a Carl's Jr. truck that you could like get a <laughs> snack afterwards. And it was a fucking trap because the news would take the same girls who were like, oh, my God, I've been on such a strict diet and film them eating the Carl's Jr. and be like, I don't know, like, how strict could your diet really be? And I was like, this sucks. This whole thing, like, fucking sucks. Aww, that's such a 18-year-old Alyssa. Brutal like, I don't even want a burger. <laughs> that's incredible. I wish that they still did that. I wonder if they do anything like that. I, I've never seen a Carl's Jr. truck. That was literally in 2010. So that was 10 years wow. ago. Yeah. Wow, I love um, that. But it's such a, like, rigorous – I mean, you could be the best dancer in the world and still, like, not get chosen. And so congratulations to you for getting to do that. That's so awesome. Thanks. Thanks. It was so much fun. I had a lot of fun doing it. It was really cool, for sure. Let's get into Sister Wives. Can you give oh my God, yeah. a brief description of – the show and how you started watching it so basically it's a family a polygamous family I think they started off the show in Utah then they moved to Vegas and then now they're in Flagstaff Arizona question mark yes um but basically the the dad is Cody Brown and he has four wives and they have 18 children, right? No. They, they, well, I wait. They actually have more than that. The, the, he has four wives combining, and they have 18 <laughs> children. I have this pulled up for fact. 18 <laughs> children, and then somehow he has more kids, right? Oh, God. He, oh, no, my he, numbers are off. He When he married Robin, so I think he had 15 right, yeah. biological kids, and then when okay. he married Robin, he legally adopted three of her children from her previous marriage, Right, um, where and she was with babies. someone who didn't want to be in a plural marriage, and then they divorced, <laughs> and then <laughs> yes. they had more babies. It is yeah. So the show has been on for 10 years and had 14 seasons, and he still mm -hmm. has more kids than he has television seasons. Yes. Yeah, right. And also, Oof. so now, so there's three, three wives? Yeah. So there's four. three wives. Oh, four? no. It's, uh, Wait. There's, Mary, it's, Robin, Janelle, Christine. You're right. There's four. Yes. <laughs> there's four. And they're all incredible. Oh, Taylor, I know you up. love them. <laughs> I do. Have, I really do. They all have, yeah, they all have their own personality. And it's kind of fun to watch. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. Did that sum it up? No, just that saying that does. they all have their own personality is, like, so good. It's such a funny <laughs> thing to say. Like, as, oh, my God. Wow. Each yeah, it's like is... saying you have, like, multiple pets. Like, I have four dogs, but they have all their own personality. Like, they are all their own person. You know, honestly, I think why I love it is because um, I don't know. It just feels like there's this interesting question of, like, and it, and this isn't what it is, but I think cheating is really interesting. And like, mm. like I was cheated on, so maybe I like watching this. So I'm this like, is what? very interesting to me you know? that you say that because I've tried to watch this show before, and I have been cheated on, and I had severe trust issues, and. I was probably dating someone at the time who still like I didn't feel that I could fully trust, and I couldn't. I couldn't get through it. It was like it was like a mirror of what men really wanted the world to be like to me. And it was too devastating. Mm. And then right. but now I'm in like a much better place and have gone to therapy and can like see the humor in this and can see like, oh, that's like, you know, some people want that. But, it's you know, it's a lot of work and like maybe not everyone wants that kind of thing. So it's right. interesting to me that you had like the opposite reaction. Yeah, I don't know. I also feel like there's something slightly endearing about the relationship that like the women have with each other like yeah. they all kind of like parent their own their the other women's children and it's like mm -hmm. kind of cool to see the support system that they have amongst themselves and it almost feels like that relationship's more important than the one that they have with Cody the right husband dad 
You know? it's, I, I had like a funny experience starting to watch this show because there was like a period when I uh, was working at a temp agency and I would just do because I've like worked as a receptionist before and I was like, I can do that. And they put me in a like two or three week job at a company and the, the company was like, we just want you to answer the phone and the phone <laughs> rings maybe twice a day. And I was like, okay. And I sat in front of this computer and I, I, it was still like kind of in the middle of the office. So I didn't feel comfortable playing anything with sound, but I was like, what's a silly show that I can just like, I won't be upset if I miss some of it or I'm just like half ass watching it. And so I truly put on Sister Wives because I was like, that's always intriguing me but I bet like it's not gonna be this like groundbreaking show in my mind and I put on Sister Wives and I watched within two weeks like three seasons on mute with subtitles wow (laughs) (laughs) and I I, like watched them because the season starts with him having three wives and then he introduces Robin into the family and he marries Robin and I'm just watching all of this without sound which was like a weird experience but I was really shocked by exactly what you're saying of it being like kind of sweet and sort of endearing and obviously very fascinating to see a family structure that's like so foreign to me but It's also funny how, like, sassy and modern and, like, funny the women can be. Because I I think I went in with such preconceived notions about them being, like, oh, this is, like, so backwards and they're going to speak a certain way and just be, like, worshipping Cody and, like, not have any independence. And, like, they're awesome. These wives are (laughs) so cool. Yeah, and they, like, definitely call shots. They're not, like waiting for him to tell them what to do so what is what are they getting out of this arrangement like why would they willingly choose to put themselves is it just because they're so in love with him i I don't (laughs) we're at a loss for words (laughs) i don't even know if that's it i feel like they still have like a lot of independence because in i think it was when they were in vegas they all had their own homes so like the women had their own homes with their kids and then, like, Cody would, what, like, stop in or, like, yeah, make his rotation, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, that sounds like an ideal sitch, if I'm being honest. You know, like, what, 20 years into marriage? Doesn't that feel like right. that sounds not horrible? Yeah. I don't know. And they all, uh, all of them come from either directly from or grew up around plural families. And they talk about how they loved growing up in that environment because a little bit of what Teague was talking about earlier of like the resource of having multiple parents and having like a big family. Um, And Teague's right. They all, they like live separately. The women, like most of them, I think all of them are work. They like work part time, like often from home. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they... They view it as, like, we are all going to work together as a team. This is, like, the epitome of, like, what a family could be is, like, having multiple – it's more about having multiple moms than it is about having one dad is what it feels like. Right. And there, there is obviously, like, a religious um, background to it in terms of, like, they think that this is, like, the best the, – the, the Cody asserts that this is, like, the, the most – good what's the word I'm looking for I don't know it's just like the him the best man he could be is somebody who has like many wives that he is taking care of and like (laughs) but what's interesting is Cody ends up being the most unlikable person not because he like comes off as like super misogynistic or like he doesn't care about women it's just because he's like trying to be the team captain and he's just like not the smartest communicator of the five of them right and so you see him like trying to make decisions about like where they're going to live and trying to like maybe build a home for all of them and the women are like no this is stupid this is what we're going to do didn't they have a home that was all connected at some point or am I mistaken they at the very beginning they did all live together and they and it was Mm -hmm. like an all connected house but once the family got too big and like once Robin came into the picture they all started to live in certain homes and then they left Utah moved to Vegas and they all lived on a cul-de-sac but then they felt like the which is crazy I know and then like they were getting harassment from their neighbors and from the police like the police were truly going to come and like threatening to arrest them for living in the plural marriage. So they moved to Arizona and they're now suing the state of Nevada. Which is crazy. Yeah. And they're like, we should have been allowed to live there. This is crazy. 
Um, wow. But I think it's fun watching – watch like, a lot of the show is, like, the four of them getting meals together and, like, shitting on Cody and, like, figuring out <laughs> what they – like, what their next move is. And they, they talk – like, they'll toast and be like, here's to spending the rest of our lives together. Yes. Like, the four of us. I think oh. it's adorable. And it's so cute. It's it like, really so great. It is so cute. Yeah, in this like latest season too, they they are like shitting a lot on Cody because he wants to build a new giant huge house for all of them, and they're coming into all of these like roadblocks, and he's having issues with all of them. And it's I was like eating this up watching the most recent episodes in preparation for our pod, and I was like, this is crazy. I love this show. <laughs> it's literally crazy, and the drama never ends. I want to talk to you guys about Taylor. You got you probably know the story about Mary being catfished. You know oh, this? yes. Okay, oh, wait, we yes. have to Re- tell Alyssa about that. Yes, tell. okay, you do it, you do it. Okay, so Mary is one of the wives. She's like one of the feistier ones. Also, context, she was the first wife. So she was mm-hmm. the first one in the marriage. Like She was the first one to marry Cody. So at one point, she was the only one. Anyways, she in like a past, like maybe like two seasons ago, it came out that she had been dating someone online, and she thought it was a man and she was catfished by a woman Whoa. who essentially was like, I guess kind of stalking her and oh, it got no. like, so, and then Cody was so upset. But to me, I was like, wait a second, how can you be so upset when this was just like an internet? I mean, I don't know. I just want, I want to hear your opinion. You girl. Oh yeah. It's definitely crazy isn't double that con- standard. Yeah. Right. Isn't that a double yeah. standard? So they're you can not, have three wives. They're not allowed wives. to like explore outside of the marriage, but he's no. allowed to He's allowed to, like, I guess, date and then eventually ask if they could bring any wives in, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. that's a double standard. That's crazy. Did the other wives, crazy? like, back her up on that? Or did they think it was, like, weird that she was doing that? I think that they thought it was weird. and But honestly, they were probably just, like, jealous. You know? They were probably yeah. like, oh, man, I could have had some fun on the internet. I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like – I just feel like – to have like a fling, especially they never met up, obviously, because it ended up not yeah. being who she thought it was. But I thought that was really interesting, that whole Why did she have to report that to him? You know? That's a good question, and I'm not sure how it all came out. But maybe I wonder s- if the person catfishing her also threatened to bring Tell it out. Him. Yeah. It's possible. Because wow. it's also what's interesting about Mary is she, yeah, she's the first wife and she was only able to biologically have one kid and mm. has like talks a lot on the show about have, feeling very vulnerable about that. And like it's made her feel like a weaker wife because she was been feels like her purpose should be to be having kids with Cody and she can only have one. And then he goes and marries three other wives and has like 25,000 kids with them. Um, <laughs> and so their marriage is the longest. It It's had the most strain. And now their kid is out of the house. So she has a house without kids living in it. And mm-hmm. you see them going through some like – pretty relatable and like recognizable marital issues like they they will have just the two of them on camera talking about what they're going through they're seeing a marriage counselor and in those moments you forget that the show is about polygamy and you're like oh this is just a regular couple like having issues that you have after like 20 or 30 years of marriage if you've had all these things but on she has to go through all of that with him having three other wives and there are moments when they are very supportive of her. And then there's other moments where they're like very team Cody and they're like, mm-hmm. Mary, you need to buck up. This is what you signed up for. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. interesting. Hmm. It's interesting. Well, I think that that's, they also, that's kind of like one of the reasons they didn't all want to live together because they, they do support each other. But I think that being too close does bring up those feelings of not jealousy, but I think there's like always going to be like a, human instinct to be like that's my guy you know I feel like that's Mm -hmm. always I feel like that's a thing that never goes away and I think Cody kind of talks about that I'm probably just comparing yourself to other people I mean as much as you know we try not to do that I just don't know anyone who doesn't have those even just like oh I had one child they have a bunch of children now I have to help them raise their children when I wanted Mm -hmm. more children like that's a tough even just taking the guy out of it that's like a tough spot to be in I mean uh, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of it it seems like it would be a place where even if you had the best intentions, it would be hard to put like competition aside in a lot of ways, you know? Totally. For sure. And they, I think that they know they are, have now figured out their boundaries is what it seems like. They've all been in this 
you know, marriage, this agreement for a pretty long time now. So they speak about it in a really self-aware way. That's like, listen, we don't want to be on top of each other. We Mm -hmm. like seeing each other this amount of time. Like we (laughs) like are going to share Cody in this way. And they're really like making the terms of their agreement now. And it's interesting seeing like the, I've been watching the most recent episodes and they present a little more comfortable and relaxed than the first few seasons. Like when Robin was being introduced Mm -hmm. and Mary and Janelle and Christine were like, Oh my God, Robin is so young and beautiful. Like now she's the hot one and this is going to be like (laughs) tough. And they all have to go to the wedding. And it's like, there are those really like relatable, you know, jealousy kind of issues. But I think what I admire about them is that they do talk about it. Right. And they're talking about it on camera. Right. Like, like they'll just be like, well, Robin is hot. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> how much do they get into how the sex works? They like, they do they talk about like together? the sleeping schedule. Like like Cody does sleep with all of them and he has like he like splits his time evenly. It's right, Teague? Am I I right? guess yeah, yeah. I honestly kind of was wondering that as I was like looking back on this because I was like, do they ever like fully disclose how that works? I do think, yeah, you're right. There's a schedule, but they don't, I mean, they never, I don't, it's all separate, right? They're never, they're never like all together or anything. I think it's like separate. And I think he just like splits his time, but it does sound like he spends now the most time living with Robin Mm. because she's like the most recent maybe. and, And interesting. She's always the one that especially in this recent season, they're talking about like getting a lease or like buying a house. I don't know, but it always seems like it's those two together, like Robin and Cody. Yeah. And other women like have their own houses. I wonder, this is like a very like real question, but I wonder if they have to get like STD tested or something before they get brought into the fold. Cause that's like so risky, it seems like. And that's maybe why the other wives were like, hey, don't be like straying outside of the situation, you know? Right. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. And they do it when they talk about Robin, like he, one of, I think it's Christine, who is mm-hmm. his second wife, who is low-key my favorite because I think she's very funny. She's so uh, funny. She's just like cracks me up all the time. And it's always like a funny little like mom laugh that I'm having with her, <laughs> but I still love it. Um, she was like at a party and they were at like some sort of Mormon hangout. And then she saw Robin across the room and was like, I think that should be our next wife. Like Christine pointed out Robin and set them up. So it's not like Cody was like out and about or like down at the bowling alley. And then he came home and was like, guess what? I've got a girlfriend. Like it's all very much coming from like within and every time he and he talks about how awkward it was to date her or to like go to kiss her for the first time because he felt like he needed permission from his three wives before taking that next step with Robin. Mm. Wow, that's so interesting. Um, I wonder <laughs> if there's like a little bit of a like bisexual element to that if she's Alyssa helping keeps pushing the like aren't they all sleeping together <laughs> storyline like if you're like helping pick out another wife it's like you know you have you're probably operating on some level of like she's attractive and she's cool and I like her you know I don't know yeah right I think that's a good point it's I bet I mean they do have I guess like my whole thesis about it is I do think they have an incredibly unique like woman-to-woman relationship amongst the four of them mm-hmm you know, that I think goes beyond the average, like, couple of best friends or even just, like, regular sisters. Like, they have to have a pretty intense bond and respect and, yeah, what you're saying, like, attraction to each other in that way to choose to be basically each other's wives. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and I feel like they have some of the same – like, if they have an issue with Cody, the other one gets it because they had the same issue two months ago or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. So I feel like – they're pretty supportive in that way. It also seems like they've just hacked the system of, like you said, T, where if you're married for 20 years, it's like, okay, you fucking deal with him Monday through Wednesday and I'll take him Thursday, Friday. She can have right. Saturday, Sunday, you know, <laughs> like it's maybe they're looking at other people like, oh, you have to deal with your husband every single day of your whole life. Wow. That must be hard. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. They kind of hacked it. Are their kids nice to each other? Yeah, it seems like the kids have a supportive relationship amongst each other, too. They all seem like they're best friends. That's good. I wanted to talk about, too, um, Mary. So the one daughter that Mary and Cody had together. Yes. um, 
came out when she was in her like later teenage years and she's now engaged to or she actually might be married by now i'm not i'm not sure like the real time schedule um a woman and they have the way that they talk about her coming out on the show was really fascinating did you watch any of that teague yeah i thought that was really interesting and i think it was interesting mary the mom was like not the first mom to be incredibly accepting of it I don't think like when she came out when her daughter came out Mariah I I think they show the scene where like the other sister wives jump up and like embrace Mariah and say you know congratulations thanks so much for coming out and Mary was actually kind of the last one and she talks about how she was a little bit I don't think she says the word disappointed but I think she was feeling like out of control in that moment. Now, obviously, she's full on board and like incredibly supportive. But I think mm-hmm. she, I, it, she talks about how in the beginning she was so happy that her other sister wives were there to, you know, react to it because she didn't have the best reaction when Mariah first came out. That's really nice. Yeah, yeah it was cool to see. Especially, I mean, that must be challenging. I, I don't think Mormonism is maybe there's a more modern version of it that's accepting of being gay, but um, traditionally I don't think that that's allowed in the church. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, it's, I commend them for the way that they've handled it in, you know, I guess real life, but particularly on the show um, because then they also interview Mariah and she's like, I, I love the way that I grew up. I think I had a big, very big loving family, but it was also had elements of, trauma that are very difficult for me to talk about in terms of like my identity as a gay woman. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I like now I'm so happy that my family is very accepting and very loving and like, but there's obviously been a lot of tough conversations with in myself and with my family about how do I balance religion and my sexuality. And they, they seem so accepting and they're planning like this very cool wedding and they do address how it is like contradictory to a lot of the ways that they've grown up. But even Cody is like, they're all, they're like, this is just the way it is. And we love our daughter and she's perfect. Oh, and we're adapting. Really nice. Which yeah. is another like crazy insane. surprising thing about the show. Not mm-hmm. to make like comparisons of anything, but just, you know, boiling it down to layman's terms. It's insane to me if you have like a specific way that you view love and partnership and then you're going to turn around and judge somebody else for the way they view love and partnership, you know, like it's like, that's those two things just don't fit together. Totally. Uh, Yeah. That's a good point. It's fun watching, especially Christine, who again is my favorite when they do move, (laughs) they like will go out into town and like be shopping and be hanging out with people. And she's so forward and, um, funny about telling people that she's a sister wife like (laughs) Cody was being very homesick when they moved to Arizona he was like I wish that we were back in Nevada I'm like so upset about being here and she went to this like embroidery store and got four pillowcases made for each of his four homes that said, home is where my wives are. Oh, my God. And it was like a little <laughs> and like, And so she goes and she, like, custom ordered them. And, like, and like the crew goes in with her. And she's, like, filming the scene of her buying the pillowcases from this company. And it's just this, like, kind of sweet teenage girl at the cash register. And she's like, oh, my God, aren't these the cutest? And the cash register girl's like, yeah, I mean, they're fine. And she's like, okay, you think they're totally weird, wait. You think they're like so insane, but this is where my <laughs> husband, he has four wives and this is like crazy, but he's like, and she just totally talks to this like sweet Aww. teenager about her family and she's so open and funny and approachable. And like, I think her whole attitude about it is like, I, I am not going to act like I'm weird and I'm also not going to act like everything is a big secret. I'm going to be open and like honest and like, I want, this is just like the way I live my life. I hope we can like hang out and talk about it. Which is very right. cute. <clears throat> That's really which is, cute. Which is why I feel like shows on TLC are so great because they highlight families and family dynamics that we don't always see and they show that it's not, you know, always wrong or bad or, you know, it's just different. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's interesting is they are – all four of them are obviously not legally married because you right. can only be legally married to one person. And what they – I learned in the last episode – because uh, they were they were like cle- cleaning out Mary's house that she is now living in, and they found her marriage certificate. So Cody married Mary first, and mm-hmm. they were legally married. And then when they brought Robin and Janelle, or excuse me, um, Janelle and Christine into 
their marriage, they had ceremonies, but they didn't get a marriage certificate. And then when he married Robin, he had to legally divorce Mary and legally marry Robin because she had kids that he needed to adopt. And in order to do that, they had to be legally married. And they said it was this really, you know, emotional process because Mary felt that that was something very special between her and Cody. And like, even though divorcing him was just, you know, sort of a legal action, she was like the symbol of it really hurt me. And there's an interview with Robin where she gets very emotional and she's like, I will always be so grateful for what Mary did for me because I, first of all, put my kids in like a safer position um, to let them be adopted by Cody. But also my mom was the second mom in a plural marriage and she never had that legal binding certificate and it made her feel lesser than and I I like know it that and I feel so bad that Mary had to do this for me so I was like Jesus this is another part of this whole thing that seems so heartbreaking it's like that was like I would I would never want to do this that sounds so awful I see what you mean though about it being feminist like I never thought of it that way but it's women making huge sacrifices for other women for the good of their family right right yeah yeah. And Alyssa, are you going to watch now? Are you going to dive I'll circle in with back. us? I'll try to circle. Yeah. I, uh, I've, you know, I've built trust in my relationship and I'm no longer worried that Mike will seek out three other wives after <laughs> me. <laughs> you know? So I think I can handle it at this point. <laughs> uh, Teague, where can our listeners find you on the World Wide Web? On the World Wide Web, I am at TeagueDP on pretty much Instagram. Twitter scares me. Do you guys do Twitter? I just started doing Twitter it, it did scare me for a long time but you just got to rip the band-aid off yeah yeah it's great if you if that's your thing I think you know go for it it's not as uh it's not as I don't know I just thought that like mean scary trolls were gonna come yell at me and tell me to like die or something but that hasn't happened so far and I got to tweet about like buying a Dyson vacuum or whatever <laughs> uh, it's great I, I recommend it I love that I love that. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Teague. I know we could like keep talking for hours, so I like so sadly have to wrap it up. But you are a doll. I would happily be sister wives with you really any day. Wow. Yes. yes. <laughs> First of that all, is... she's never said that to me. And second of all, Tony, keep your ears peeled, my man. I could say that because no one would want to be sister wives with Tony. They'd be like, nah, this is all you. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having me.